Welcome back to another episode of Life with Your Dog. My name's Panos, and today's Q&A, I'll be answering Leanne's question. She DM'd me through Instagram. Actually read out her message the other day, just expressing our gratitude when people do write in and give us a little bit of a thank you very much. You're helping us out with your tips, my, my challenging dog, and, you know, um, hey, I've got a question here, and, and those are the things that are really important because of course we want to engage with our listeners as much as possible and if there is a question here that can be answered then I'll do my best to answer it as long as I haven't already answered it directly before. So today isn't going to be a very long one but it is a very important one talking about actually I just read out the question just a question read long lines what do you find is the best size to get my dog's never used one before so I'm not sure where to start also do you have any recommendations for tug ropes toys for interactive play thanks in advance. So number one is a nylon long line is what I typically use. I typically use 10 meter long leads and the ones that I get and the ones that I would recommend for people that are in Australia, you guys can check out Ironswick and I'll spell that out for you right now. Let me just make sure that I have it right. It's E-I-N-Z-W-E-C-K.com and Ironswick Dog Quip is where I um Jason who who runs a company is my wholesaler so I get a lot of my gear from there my slip leads and my long leads and my tugs and my balls which I'll talk about in a second so I only sell the products that I use um, in my session so the nylon long lines are, are my favorite there are heaps of different types and I just personally like the nylon better in my hands there are grippy ones so um so of course you have a better grip on it but I just have a feeling that sometimes with those extra grip, they can be a bit gnarly on your hands. And then there are like, you know, um, slip lead type of long lines you can use. And um, I always avoid um, retractable leads. I'd only reserve a retractable lead for someone who knows how to use it and for dogs that are prepared and, and understand loose lead walking. If you're going to try to train your dog with the, um, the extendable lead, with the retractable lead, you're just going to, in, in my personal opinion, you're just going to find it a lot more difficult. And for everyday pet owners, I think um, they suck. Um, it's either have them on a short leash when you're out walking the streets and you're doing training, or a long lead when you're in the park, or you're doing training, vice versa. You have either the short flat lead or a long lead. The reason why I do like um, Einswick's long lines and the nylon ones at that is because, well, I've gone through many different brands and different styles and some places you know they run out very you know quicker and then you have to wait very long because they come from america and whatever where i know jason hand makes these um so handmade in australia which is really cool um the brass buckles are really important um brass is um resistant to a lot of you know like weathering you know salt water um and you know leaving them out and about and things i've still got my long leads 12 years old and i still use it every day um when i'm with clients so if you look after them they last a long time and brass is less prone to rust or maybe like not 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 rust like rust proof probably um you have to fact check that i i'm i'm only anecdotally going off that and what i mean by that is i've had heaps of stainless steel sort of um buckles that have even gone through the water or have gone through you know different situations and they just they, they fail so quickly even if i'm using a brass buckle um, on and anything, if you're going in salt water, always, always, always wash it immediately that day and dry it properly. Make sure it's not getting um, smelly and stuff. There's a couple of videos on my Insta um, on my Instagram and on my YouTube. If you just type in on YouTube, Nutris Pooch's long lead, or if you go into the long the loose lead walking playlist, 
there's a video of me talking about long lines, um, how to hold the long lead, leash locking it, you know, starting off very short. Don't give your dog heaps and heaps of long line. Um, if, he's, if it's a first time, so Leanne, first time with your Labrador, um, don't hold the end of your long lead and, and, and hope that it's going to go well because it probably won't. Um, hold like three or four meters. Get him used to the fact that he can have some free time but under some sort of restraint. And then over time, as he understands he's not allowed to hit the end of the lead and pull you over, then you can give him more and more leash. Of course, depending on how much space you got, who's around you, what's going on, and the and what's the, the point of the session. Are you working on play? Are you working on letting your dog just blow off some steam and walk around? Or, or like, are they playing with other dogs? These are things to think about as well. So also, anytime that you see like a knot in, in a long lead, the number one thing I do is unknot it because what happens is over time, where there is a knot is where all that load and pressure is hitting that knotted spot and that's where it starts to fray and that's where a weak spot can occur and then your long lead's done. Um, also, don't leave your dogs unattended on a long lead. Tether them up and disappear somewhere because they chew it in 20 seconds, they can get off it. So these are just little tips there for you, Leanne, um, since you're, you're new to the long lead. So, um, and also, you know, we follow the 20-20-20 rule. So if we're going to go for an hour of a walk, 20 minutes is on a loose loose leash. On your left-hand side, following the rules, um, 20 minutes then is in the park for your dog to have some free time, pee-poo, play, sniff, chase a ball, do some training, whatever you got to do, and then 20 minutes walk back home on the short lead. So so you're taking that long lead with you. You've wrapped it up in the way that I showed you, so it's easy to un undo. It doesn't get tangled. You're not shoving in the bag and you know messing around. Make sure you look after your stuff and they last a lifetime. So you may pay 50, 50 bucks for a long lead thinking, oh my God, I can get one on Amazon for 20 bucks. You can. Um, and you can also attach that cheap long lead to a collar on like your toe ball of your car and just hit it a couple of times like pull it quite firm and um and i've done a lot of pressure testing with a lot of shitty long leads and they've snapped in different spots so it's not just one spot that it snaps it's snapping in many spots and if i can't put up with the test of me pulling it a bit again i'm not like hitting the end of it with all my might but i'm going quite firm and if it's going to break under that that tension or that load then then and i've chucked out like 20 at a time because i've bought bulk and they've just been real shit. You can use those type of ones that aren't super, super strong on a very small dog, a medium to small dog, size dog. Just depends. Again, I prefer to, um, so with with what I organize with um, with Ironswick is I get three different sizes. I've got a puppy lead and I've got the medium size and I've got a larger one. Jason swears by the load strength of both the medium and the large. They both can um, put up with the same amount of pressure. Um, but I just do prefer having a little bit of a bigger buckle um, for those larger, strong dogs. I just think people, when they see a medium-sized buckle, even though it is quite strong, I just think if they feel better when there's a bigger buckle on it. So that's completely up to you which one, which way you go down. But I've used the medium ones on large dogs. And, and, the, and if your long lead will fail, there's only one time that it could break is when you tether a dog on a long lead. So don't tether a dog on a long lead if you know they're going to hit the end of the lead like a psycho. Um, I'll tether most dogs on the long lead, but I know they're going to hit the end of it and stop straight away. So they're not leaning into it. But if your long lead's fixed to an anchor point to a fixed position, like a tree or a post, and your dog hits the end of it, because it's so fixed, it, it, the weak spot happens in somewhere in the leash and it will break. If you're holding it and your dog hits the end of it, you're obviously moving with it a bit of, um, I'm not sure about my physics words here. Is there a bit of inertia or there's some sort of momentum you go with it? So you're taking the load out of it. So other things to think about for your long leads. Um, was there anything else I was going to add? Um, I, I choose the 10 meter long lead because I think at least with a 10 meter long line, I can hold it shorter 
but with a five meter long lead, I can't make it longer. Um, and I've seen clients with 15, 20 and 30 meter long leads and that's just ridiculous. It's just way too much to deal with. And you know, how much are you gonna get? Like you can't give your dog 30 meter run up, you're not gonna hold that lead properly. Where at least with a 10 meter run up, you know, you got a bit more of a success. And, and last thing about the long lead is just be careful of rope burn, um, your ankles and your hands especially, because that's where once the lead wraps around your ankle and the dog starts to run, that friction burn can melt your skin. Um, I've had quite a bit of, you know, um, been hurt a few times by long leads and I've learned my lesson. So I now know how to hold it. There's a bit of an art form to it. So as I said, keep it short to begin with and then over time go longer and and check out that video because it talks a couple of safety tips. Like if a dog's going to run away, you should step on it. Where should you step on it? And, you know, grab the lead, have hold, hold tight to your body if your dog's going to hit the end of it and, you know, when to let go of it. And, and the long lead is a tool of how you can teach your dog how to be off the leash. So there are... Um, steps to be taken to get to that point. So the next thing we'll talk about is the tug toy, the interactive play toys that Leanne was asking about. The The one that I prefer to use and I enjoy a lot is the French linen tug. So this sounds very fancy, right? But, um, but if you look after them, then they do last a long time as well. And the good thing about the French linen tug is that, and if you get like the ordinary size, um, I would say like, let's just say it's the size of my forearm, maybe like 30 centimeters, 25 centimeters. And it's got two handles on it. Some people like to cut the handles off. I like to hold it, but I just conceal it. The dog has to bite in the middle of it, but it feels more appropriate for a dog to sink their teeth into a French linen tug. Um, and again, you can't find these sort of tugs. Like at pet stores, um, you'll get all the three different items I'm going to explain, um, talk about today. You can get from Ironswick. Um, I don't get anything from Ironswick. Um, me, um, I just support Jason and what he does because he helps me out and he's part of our part of our community of, of dog trainers and dog industry people that are all on the same side doing good things. So we've got to support support our crew. So um so and as I said, I do get all my stuff from from Arnswick with these French linen tugs because they're just so good. They work really well. I have sold them a lot to my clients. So they're soft, they're 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 soft, but they're still durable and also quite easy to conceal. And for a Labrador Land your your dog, it's it's gonna if he enjoys a play of the game tug then then you go with that and then the next item that I would suggest is a Durafoam ball so it's a yellow Durafoam ball with a rope that attaches to it um, that thing can float so the good thing about the the ball there is that you can throw it and you can play tug with your dog and I would suggest teaching your dog to target and to tug on a French linen tug first before teaching your dog to target and tug on the on the on the ball, the ball and the rope. You can teach them right from the beginning that, but sometimes a dog likes to bite the string and I don't like it when dogs bite the string. I want them to always bite on the ball when you are playing with the Durafoam ball, if you're playing tug. So again, there's a couple of techniques to that. There's a couple of videos out there on my socials of me playing with the, with the ball and, and a couple of things that, that would help you with that game. So the Durafoam ball is good. You can use it for fetch. You can use it for playing tug. Have lots of fun with it. Um, a couple of little tips about that. Sometimes when the dog bites the um, the rope, it will hit the stitches and the stitches will come out. You simply just put the rope back through the ball and then just double knot it. Make sure the dog can't pull it. So you haven't broken the rope. And again, if you need to, put a new rope through and then knot it up yourself. If you want to make it a bit longer, some people like to put a little bit extra rope on the ball so you can have a bit more um, space from the dog depending on, on where he is. And when you are going to be teaching your dog or when you're pl playing and training with your dog with the ball and the tug, make sure your dog's always on that long lead. So... He doesn't run away from you and you can bring you can always make him bring it back to you or at least he won't run away and you can just follow him up so these two toys the tug and the ball are, are two player games they're interactive which means they're not for your dog to play with it's for you to share with your dog 
And then when you're done with the game, we say finish, we, we're done. We put the ball away in our ball or in our pouch. And then we, op- we share the ball with our dog the next opportunity. So it doesn't just become something that your dog has access to because those two items there would last about five to 10 minutes before your dog can destroy it. So it's not a very long lasting toy, but ironically, your dog can hang off the end of it and play and they're not gonna like destroy it very easily. It's just if you leave it with them, they will kill it. So um, for anyone's interested in, in equipment and tools and what we use um, on the job, check out episode 54 and 56. That's a part one and part two to essential equipment for dog training. Um, we did them you know, maybe two years ago now. So go back, check that out. And there's a list of like basically all the tools that we use within a session and the tools that I have in my bag, as well as most of those things I have available for sale to my clients so that way they they can get good quality stuff because you can't get a good durafoam ball at the pet store you can get a ball on the rope but the ball's probably really hard and dodgy the rope probably won't sit there and the dog may just pop the ball out real quickly again remember ironswick is a, a dog shop for professionals and for sport training dogs and working dogs so this stuff's all tested and 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 pressure tested they're not you can use them for pets because dogs are dogs right but um, these are professional tools. So like the, like the French linen tug, you're not going to find one of those at a pet store. You can get like a soft kind of sheep skinny sort of tug from the from the pet store. And those, you know, you can get those ropey ones. You can get a whole bunch of toys that look like cool tugs, but I don't use them. I, use, I, I wouldn't use any of that for my training. I would use it for my dog to destroy and to play with for himself, a one-player game, totally. But when it comes to interacting, get the good gear, look after it. They last years anyway. So... Um, so, Leanne, I hope I've, an- I've answered your question and given you some more pointers for anyone else out there that's listening. I hope you benefited from, from this. Um, if you have any questions, don't hesitate. Reach out to me, NP Dog Training on Instagram or Life With Your Dog Podcast on Instagram. Um, probably the best ways to, to reach us. So um, hit us up. Any questions, day or night, let us know, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, and until next time, have fun training your dog. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training, my website npdogtraining.com or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, dot com, dot A-U. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at kizuna canine training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.